Greetings and welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brett Adams, joined by a man who's prepared to launch a denial of service attack on his own pants if the whole world wasn't begging him not to. Mr. Lauren Bobgarden, Lauren! <laughs> welcome back, brother! What's going on, buddy? Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, not just welcome back, but welcome to our new home. That's right. I was. I thought you were going to say not just welcome back, but welcome back, Cotter. And I was like, wow, that's really, really going for it. Now, now, now I'm disappointed that there's not a welcome back, Cotter reference in the, in the opening. Listen, if there's a way, I'll find it, buddy. Believe you me. But uh, for now, uh, welcome everybody. We know, um, we know that this has been a long time coming. We've teased. We've, we've, we've told you guys about it. We've said to keep an eye out for it and. It's finally here, the uh, the new podcast, the new name, and the new website. And, and as speaking of the new name, we got to thank you guys for that because uh, you know, as we as we mentioned a while back, we didn't we didn't exactly have a uh, we didn't exactly have a great idea coming out of the gate on this one, and so we solicited help from uh, from you guys, the outlaw community. And you came through for us. You guys always come through for us, and you did again. Yes, um, there was help aplenty. I don't know. I, I don't know who was the first person to suggest the name of this show. A lot of people celest, uh, suggested Outlaw Radio. A lot of people seconded Outlaw Radio. Uh, we think it, Fabian Winkler might have been uh, the original uh, person <laughs> who suggested it. I, I don't know if that's the case, but but uh, insofar as I've researched it, it looks like Fabian Winkler might have been the first person to suggest Outlaw Radio. A lot of other people said, yeah, Outlaw Radio sounds good. And Lauren and I were like, Outlaw Radio sounds pretty good, but you know what would be even more awesome is Outlaw Gamer Radio, because, you know, you, you, you want to be descriptive, and plus it just sounds sounds kind of cool. But um, That's right. It's, it, it, maybe it will forever be one of those things shrouded in mystery that nobody truly knows where it came from. Unless they just listen to this episode. Except for that, but other otherwise, that, though, no, they're, they're, yes, <laughs> it's an there were a lot of great suggestions. Inside a mystery, that's right. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of great suggestions, and thank you guys for that. We definitely uh, jockeyed back and forth, but we're pretty pleased to bring you uh, and welcome you officially to Outlaw Gamer Radio, and welcome to the Outlaw Gamer Society. Uh, that's right. You know, we've actually the site's been up and running for a few weeks now. And uh, and many of you have already uh, discovered it, and made the transition, and all that. But uh, to those of you who haven't, OutlawGamers.com is the new home for uh, for this show and for the epic community that uh, that has followed us as uh, as EBA is going dark. We're going to talk about that more in a little bit in a second as well. But for those of you. And I know that there are a lot of you out there because I, I read those comments. I know a lot of you uh, have been lurkers, people who listen to the show but uh, haven't really visited the website, haven't really commented. I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to get in on this action uh, because uh, it, it's it's a pretty exciting time. It's a fresh start. The website looks great. We've got uh, we got all the uh, the great peeps that uh, that we hoped would uh, would come with us. So that's been really gratifying. And uh, you know, basically this. Uh, this particular show in this particular community, the ride ain't over yet. You know, we're just uh, we're just transitioning from one freeway to the other. So uh, anyway, that having been said, uh, I guess we do need to talk about what's going to happen to EBA, don't we, Lauren? Yeah, we. I, I think we should at least just briefly. Okay, so here's the uh, here's the skinny. Basically, EpicBattleAxe.com, as it exists right now, 
is going to be going dark on January 25th. The uh, the website, being a, a community, uh, is going to transition at that point to an archive where you can go and you can download the uh, download all the episodes of the shows uh, if you'd uh, if you'd like to. So it'll be a repository for the Axe Factor for Epic Battle Cry. Uh, you know the postmortems, you know all the, all those kinds of things. So you'll be able to go there and get those episodes, but you won't be able to you know make comments or you know leave a profile or make a profile or you know anything like that. The EBA Mumble server also going away. The Outlaw Gamer Society has a Mumble server, so if uh, if you're into using that, then uh, you're definitely going to need to uh, come on over to outlawgamers.com and sign up. It's only available for registered members uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, anyway, if you were using the EBA Mumble server, that is also uh, that's also going away at the end of this month. And then um, I guess the uh, I guess the other thing that we need to kind of talk about is the uh, the RSS feed for the show. The RSS feed for the show is going to remain uh, in place. It's just not going to be getting updated uh, because obviously the Outlaw Gamer uh, the Outlaw Gamer's website. You know, we're going to be having a new RSS feed for our show. It's going to be a new entry on iTunes and all that. Uh, so if you are uh, if you are subscribed. To the Epic Battle Axe RSS feed, just be aware, and and I'll make a I'll make, a, I'll make a, a brief audio post there to kind of inform everybody of this, but just be aware that you do need to uh, to get the new RSS for the show, which will have uh, will have information about that on outlawgamers.com. So uh, I think that's it, Lauren. If, I, if if I've forgotten anything, tell me. But uh, I think that's it. No, I think that covers it as far as EBA goes. There are a couple, just a couple little pieces of housekeeping about the new website, about outlawgamers.com that we wanted to throw out there just um, just to let people know if you haven't been over yet or if you have, you've noticed uh, that um, the website, uh, outlawgamers.com, looks very similar uh, to uh, what we were running on, on EBA.com in the context of uh, in the context of the activity feed down the middle, which is a, just my favorite place to go for gaming discussion and news, it's the first place I go every day and the last place I go every night. Um, we still, we, we essentially it has everything we had on EBA with a couple additions. We we have a great chat client that's built into the site, uh, which is on the bottom yeah. of the site. If you're looking for your messages, uh, those are in a different place, a little bit harder to see. Those live on the bottom right, kind of like the chat client. Um, We've but moved they do get where updated to, in real time, which is kind of nice. They do, which is nice. We we moved where you do shameless self promotion. So uh, if you have uh, your own, uh, if you put up your own Let's Play videos, you have your own uh, podcast or show, or uh, you're working on anything of your own that you want to talk about. It you previously on EBA was in a forum uh, and was a little bit harder to find. So we wanted to bring that to the front page, and so we actually yeah. have a shameless self promotion widget down the right hand column where people can post about. Um, their own stuff. For example, Radiophonic, I believe it's called Radiophonic Sea Creatures, uh, which used to be the EBA uh, community podcast. They're still doing a show. They post in there each week when they have a new episode. Uh, as I said, if you have Let's Play videos or anything you made you want to share, that's the place to do it. You've got a YouTube channel. Yeah. You're working on a you like you're working on a game like whatever it is, but you know we just we want to make sure because we know that there's a lot of creative people out there. So you know the the the, the idea was like okay you know like we got like blogs we got forums and then we got user user created content and we you know we want to make sure that that's got a very visible place so it's just to the right of the activity feed which is you know I think the heart and soul of the the website has been for a while mm-hmm. now. Yep. 
it's no longer called shameless self promotion. It's called club creations. But uh, as Brent said, we wanted you to have a we wanted you to have a place uh, on the front page to put that. So, uh, Brent, you were gonna you wanted to talk about blog posts a little bit. I will. Yes, there is still a forum for that. Uh, by the way, you know, if it's one of those things like you know where you're looking to you know where you're looking to post something and and you know get feedback or whatever, there's still a forum that you can post in. And then just you know post like a you know a uh, post like a link or whatever in the uh, in the actual widget. So uh, just just to make sure that you know people are aware of that that they can uh, they can still post to the forum if they uh, if they so choose. Okay, so blogs. Uh, we still got blogs on the site. None as of this recording, but I think that's mostly due to the fact that it's a little ganky as to how it works. Um, if you go, if you click on blogs at the uh, the top of the page, there's a there's a manage link that's like at the at the top of the column, like next to the search bar. You have to mouse over manage, and then you get a new post link that you can click on, and then you can create a blog post. It's available again for registered members only. It's not. It's not the. It's not the obvious thing. Like you don't go to blogs, and there's not like a big giant button, which there should be, that says, uh, you know, create a new blog post. But unfortunately, you know, we don't have control over that. We are somewhat limited as to you know what the engine platform can do, and that's one of the shortcomings, unfortunately. Yes, but that but it's still there. It's just a little bit harder to find. Most of, most everything is a little bit better in Engine. But there's a couple things that aren't quite as good. The blog post is a little bit harder to recognize, but they're still there for you guys when you want to have. You guys yeah. have put up some such great blog posts in the past, in depth discussions about uh, any number of topics, and we want you to keep doing that. Uh, and then the one place that Brent that we really uh, felt like Engine suffered a little bit, and we're working on a workaround for this, is having a collected place for videos that people posted. And in the Ning platform on our previous uh, website, anytime somebody posted a video, it collected it into a videos module. So you can always just go back and look at the videos. It's not quite that simple anymore. Uh, so we're working on a workaround for that right now. But you can continue to post your videos directly in the activity feed. Everybody will see them. Uh, there's just not a videos uh, widget or module right now to go view past videos. And we wanted you to be aware of that. But we are working on it. So, um, yep. Brent, other than that, I think that's enough website stuff. We'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks. We don't want to you know, spend too much time on here. Um, but uh, uh, we, want you to, we want you to go to the new website, check it out. It should feel very, very familiar to you with an updated look and an awesome logo done by Talus12. Uh, and then you're going to see a couple changes to the podcast. Uh, this week we're playing with the, the format a little bit. It's essentially the same, uh, except we're going to start adding news a little bit into uh, the first segment along with trailers. And so some weeks you may get all news, some weeks you may get all trailers, some weeks you may get a combination of both. And we definitely are looking for your feedback on what you guys think of that if you you prefer it the way uh, it was if you'd like to see it all news or if you'd like a little bit in the mix we'd sure like to hear your feedback uh, and with that brent what do you say we walk yep. into the first section of the podcast which we are now calling the garage that's right and in the garage this week uh we're going to start off uh, with the news item actually this is uh this is the announcement that playstation now is going to be offering a subscription uh, of course, you know, PlayStation Now was offering the ability to rent games individually at ridiculous prices, but they've now, uh, they've now announced that they're going to be offering a flat fee to get to the entire library of PS3 games that they currently offer, over 100, I think, uh, at this point in time. And uh, the pricing is, well, the pricing is obviously going to be the bone of contention. $19.99 per month. Uh, for access to everything that is in the PlayStation Now library. They are also offering a quarterly option where you can pay, what is it, uh, 40, 
44, like I think it's forty four ninety nine. So it ends up being it ends up yeah, being about fifteen dollars. Yeah, it ends up being about fifteen dollars per month for and and you know you're basically paying for three months at a time if you do it that way. So. Service reliability aside, I, I got PlayStation during the beta. I got PlayStation Now to work uh, a few times, but especially in the early days, especially in the first couple of weeks, I couldn't even get onto the service. It, you know, and eventually I was able to to kind of uh, you know get a chance to play with it a little bit. But uh, as as far as like the service aspects of PlayStation Now aside, just in terms of the pricing, Lauren, what do you think? Do you think that nineteen ninety nine is 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 that a a fair price for what they're offering, or do you think it's it's way too steep? Well, you say service uh, service concerns aside, and it's hard to say is it a fair price for what they're offering without discussing sort of what they're offering. But if you're making the assumption that everything works perfectly smoothly, uh, uh, and then you want to talk about the price, I, I, I think it's a little steep. I mean, I, I think it, it's 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 tough because I think twenty bucks a month is a tough sell. I think the value is there. Uh, but the value is going to be different for everyone based on what you played. As I was looking through the list, I've played almost all of those games. And sure, I'd like to go maybe revisit some of them, but not to the tune of you know what ends up being $240 a year. Or, I'm sorry, if I do... If, if you pay it in the three month installments, you know something more like it's you know, 180 bucks a year or something like that. But yeah. um, it, it's tough. And especially, you know, Netflix is now around 8 bucks. Um, Amazon Prime, you pay... You know, I think it's seventy nine bucks a year, uh, and you get it's, it's actually all the, going up. I think it's going up to a hundred a year. Right, so whatever it goes up to a hundred, you get all the free movies, which is really just a bonus to the incredible shipping um, benefit of Amazon Prime. Yeah, there's a lot of so, advantages to Amazon Prime. So I'm not sure. You know, I mean, there, there's kind of this, you know, this structure that's that's out there, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that what Sony's offering is worth uh, that. You know, nearly double. Uh, if not more in the case of Netflix, obviously, nearly double the price of those two services. I don't know that what they're offering is it has that kind of value. Um, I think maybe, you know, when you talk more like $15 a month or $10 a month if you subscribe, um, seems like a bit more reasonable rate. I mean, it's certainly at, at this point, this, is, this should be said, by the way, this is North America only. Um, I can't use PlayStation now because of uh, my, you know, because of my uh, VPN service and my, my speeds just aren't high enough. But um, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Brent. I, th- I think it's too much still. I think it's too much. I mean, as you alluded to, the pricing for the original, the original pricing structure for buying or renting games uh, was or was laughable. Um, I think this oh, is yeah. w- way more in line, but I still think it's it's a little bit high for what they're offering. Well, here's uh, here's here's a perspective that I would offer on it. If you if you think about what Sony has typically done with their consoles and the fact that they've they've made it a a big a big honking deal through the PlayStation Two and PlayStation Three to have backwards compatibility at least in the initial release of the console. I, I know that kind of tapered off uh, as the years rolled on, but at least in the initial release of those two consoles, backwards compatibility was a very big deal. Of course. PlayStation 4 does not have backwards compatibility, and basically Sony is saying if you want backwards compatibility, you got to pay us twenty bucks a month to get it. Um, I think that 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 is and a, you only get the specific library of of games too. It's not the games yeah, that you, you have, have that you love. It's this library that we have. That's right, and and, and so that's the thing. There, there's a lot of things about this that could be changed, and 
and I, I could look at it and say, okay, well, that's, that's not bad. I would still prefer it was only $15 a month, you know, paying month by month and maybe $10 a month if you were paying a quarter at a time or a year at a time. Uh, I, you know, I'd be willing to pay for, you know, a year's worth of the service if, you know, if it were only 10 bucks a month, provided that they did, they were doing some other things with it. I'm not especially interested in only having access to PS3 games. I think that the service is, at least for me, it's, there's really not much there if they don't have PlayStation 4 games. Um, or you know, or at least you know things like PlayStation Plus titles and th- you know things that are that are cross-platform games. Uh, but not having that, uh, really, I mean, I just I have kind of no interest in it whatsoever. I still have my PlayStation Three hooked up to my television for this very reason, and um, I'm just not I'm not especially interested in paying twenty dollars a month for backwards compatibility, which for me personally is all it is. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, Brand. I mean, it's not, it's not there for me either. I'm curious to hear from, uh, I'm just, I'm curious to hear from our listeners uh, what they think as well, if they, if they think this is a reasonable pricing structure or not. And I'm sure we're going to hear about it on the website as well. So uh, next up, Brent, we have, uh, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, at least mention the uh, attacks on, on PlayStation Network and on Xbox Live. Um, over the holidays. I don't know. Were you yeah. affected by these directly, Brent? Yes, I was, actually, which I was going to talk about a little bit later, but um, I, I got a copy of uh, Resogun on the Vita, and it's got to validate with... Um, it's got to validate with a copy on your on your home console. And, uh, and I thought that the reason that... I, and I, I couldn't get it validated. And I thought that the reason was because of this of this attack. Uh, and it turned out it wasn't. It turned out that I, I needed to get the PS3 version in addition to the Vita version. Like, it, it validates through the PS3 as opposed to the PS4 copy. But uh, anyway, I thought I thought that, you know, that, that it was the hack. But, and, and in truth, I mean, it, the outcome would have been the same. You know, the, like the day that I, I, I tried to play it for the first time, the, out, the outcome would have been the same because of the hack. But uh, ultimately, it was because I... I needed to get the PS3 copy, right. but uh, anyway, no. yeah, I, I was I was definitely trying to play games and download stuff over the holidays, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't do it uh, because of this for uh, for a day or two. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean, if you guys aren't aware, it was um, uh, I can't. What was the name of the group? Lizard, um, Lizard Squad, Lizard Squad. Yes, uh, claiming uh, claiming credit for uh, saying that they were going to take down uh, Xbox Live and um, Sony on. Uh, on Christmas Day, uh, and then another uh, squad, I can't remember off the top of my head what their name was, saying that they were going to take Lizard Squad down. There's been this back and forth that I was sort of blissfully unaware of until I started doing a little research and saw these just crazy hacker, like, YouTube, like, them arguing with each other. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And and, and meanwhile, you know, ultimately Lizard Squad said they did this, and they did it to show how vulnerable uh, the security is, which, from my understanding, my limited understanding of it, is complete bullshit because these were DDoS attacks, which has nothing to do with one of the, I saw one of the best analogies I saw it has nothing to do with security, right? It has to do with somebody just overloading the servers, and that's something that cannot yeah. be, really, just can't be defended against. Period. And, and somebody, somebody, uh, you know, I, I saw this just wonderful analogy where somebody said it's sort of like it's sort of like blaming a retailer when somebody drives their car through a window of their store. Like you can't, yeah. you, you can't make security like so that. that people can't drive their window through through 
drive their car through the window of your store. If it happens, it's not the retailer's fault that some asshole decided to do that. That's different from actually having security so people can't steal stuff. And, and the, the description, as I understood it, is, is what this was akin to. And it was just, I mean, you know, the worst part for me, Brent, it was super frustrating uh, dealing with it, obviously, with uh, the golf club. Uh, it was a pain in the ass because everything goes through those services, and so our game was unplayable. Um, I was yep. out of town and didn't have my console, but my my nephew did, and you know we couldn't play because of it. And I was having issues with network cards. So it wasn't too bad, but the worst thing for me was reading the stories of like kids getting these games for Christmas or getting consoles for Christmas and not being able to play them. And it was just it's like it's just terrible. It's so sad. And this, yeah, uh, it was just it was an asshole move all, all around. I mean, it was just it was a flat out asshole move. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I agree with you, and I don't know what else to say about it other than you know that I, I feel we were would be remiss should we not talk about it. So, without giving it any more attention than I believe it is due, Brent and I and I hope I haven't read um, yet if how, if they've caught any of these guys or gone after them, but I damn sure hope they do. Um, uh, let's move on to our next. Uh, topic in the garage, Brent, and that's a new Kickstarter from a game called Into the Stars. It's a game that is being made by a company, new company called Fugitive Games, which is made up of former Dice employees. And I, I don't know, had you heard of this, Brent, before I sent it your way? No, I hadn't. I, it, did you feel after watching the video? I thought you might wet your pants when they said the words Oregon Trail and FTL. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not far from the uh, the truth, but I mean, realistically, we all know I wasn't wearing pants anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting stuff. I I like this genre of gaming, and I like the specific pedigree that they're kind of pointing to. Uh, saying like, oh, you know, we wanted to kind of take elements of of FTL and of Oregon Trail and. And, you know, we wanted to make kind of the definitive captain's game, you know, this game where you're out exploring deep space, looking for a new home for Earth. But it looks very fun. I I, I love this genre of gaming, and I love the kind of some of the game systems, the mechanics and things that they're talking about. Um, I haven't backed it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Yeah, I had a feeling you might, Brian. It's 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 a PC and Mac only game, but it's supposed to they're supposed to ship the the early bird version of it. Uh, what you what you this get year. your reward not just this year but this summer like in June or July and it's fifteen bucks I think is the tier at which you actually get the game uh, that soon it looks really interesting and um, it certainly has has a nice pedigree and I, I'm very interested in this too I haven't I didn't pledge today but this might be I'm kind of off of Kickstarter a little bit because I feel like I've I've given a lot of money and I feel like rewards have not been quick in coming um, but I do no, do they, it to support they really are. No, but I do do it to support people and give them opportunities. And um, this one in particular, I don't know, I'm, I, I think it's kind of interesting. And I, I certainly just wanted to, to throw it out there for, for people's consideration. No, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely worth, it, it's worth checking out. I think that, you know, if you're into that kind of game, this is one to keep an eye on because it, it, it's definitely pulling together a lot of cool threads. Indeed. All right, Brent. So last up in the garage, we have a trailer that... Uh, I, I wanted to throw on here, uh, Brent, and I, I kind of know what your take is on this, but this is, this is a trailer. This is the Karma gameplay trailer for Battlefield Hardline, which I guess is coming out March 17th. I didn't realize it was that soon uh, until I saw this trailer. And yep. I'm curious if there's anything in this trailer, Brent, that, that, that interests you in this game at all. Well, I mean, it's got Captain David Aceveda from uh, The Shield. He's in the trailer, so pretty much... And a day one buy for me. Uh, I don't know what else I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're full. But, uh, you are. You're full of it. 
Although uh, a I great continue show. to I continue to like I continue to like the concept of this game. I like what it's about. I like the I like the the idea of you know player versus player, cops and robbers, car chases, uh, you know, you know escape and SWAT team attacks and you know those kinds of things. SWAT team raids. I, I love all of that in concept. Whether or not I actually play it uh, is another thing because uh, you know getting enjoyment out of out of multiplayer games, at least in my opinion, depends on being able to play them often enough to be good at them. And I don't know that I've got the kind of time to invest to be good at this game. Um, but I, I love, I love what it represents. I just don't know if at this point in my life, if I've really got the, uh, if I've got the, the spare, spare time to invest in it and really get anything enjoyable out of it. That's fair enough. You know, it's interesting. I I continue to see uh, almost nothing of this game that looks interesting to me. As much as I have enjoyed Battlefield, uh, the Battlefield series, there's something it, there's something about this still that looks like they were just trying to jump on this bandwagon of like Payday and Payday Two. Um, you know what Tom Clancy is doing, and I, and I know that uh, obviously, you know, they're not jumping on Tom Clancy's new game because. It was it's it's not even out yet, but I mean that's sort of that that cops and robbers thing, which I think is an interesting uh, space to play in. But it, I, I feel like they just took all their previous tech and reskinned it. I, there's something about it that just looks like slapped together to me, and and doesn't look thoroughly thought out. And I haven't seen anything about the game yet that makes me believe that it is. And the game is coming out in in just a couple of months, as I said, and. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I couldn't be less interested. There's nothing compelling that I've seen about this game. And that Cops and Robbers, while I know it's super compelling for you, isn't enough on its own uh, to be compelling to me. I don't know. Well, I, I think that the bottom line here is that you're a racist. Because as I already mentioned, Captain David Aceveda is in this game. And the fact that you don't want this game means that you are racist against Latino people. So... <laughs> That's that's what's wrong with this situation. That's clearly that's why I'm not interested. Welcome to the clubhouse, everybody. And uh, this week we're going to be uh, we're going to be discussing a topic recommended by a listener. Lance Latham was uh, talking about episodic content. How do we feel about it now? It's something that you and I, Lauren, have talked about a number of times, going back a couple of years. Being real proponents of it, uh, and you know we've got uh, we've got several game series now that are doing episodic content. Telltale Games is probably one of the most obvious examples with The Walking Dead, The Wolf Among Us, uh, and and of course you know they're branching out into other games now. Game of Thrones, Borderlands, uh, or Tales from the Borderlands. Pardon me. So um, now that we've kind of gotten our wish, and there's episodic content out in the wild, how do we feel about it? What, what do you? How do you feel about it? Are you are you playing these things as they come out, or are you binge? Are you binge playing the way that uh, you might binge watch a a season of a TV show on DVD or Netflix? Well, before I get into that, Brent, I got to ask you. You know, for our poor listeners, is 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 there no poll in the clubhouse? I would think there would be a poll. Well, there's not a poll this week, but you know, we haven't had like a we haven't had like a, a regular, honest to goodness show in a couple of weeks. But we'll have a poll next week. You know, it'll probably have something to do with the question of what do you think about episodic content. I mean, I'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just speculating, but I'm 
I'm fairly confident that it's going to go that direction. But yes, we'll have a poll every week, just like except this week. But you know, we'll have a poll during the week like we normally do. Fair enough. I just didn't. I didn't want our listeners wondering. Being they our first episode, they they, 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 they do. I know they like the poll. Um, so here's Don't the deal, Brett. This is kind of why I wanted to talk about this in the clubhouse this week. So Lance Latham posted this, as you said, and I thought this was really interesting because, as you, as you said, you and I at one point were clamoring for episodic content. We thought it would be, at least I did, thought it would be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yep. Turns out I was wrong. At least <laughs> uh, that, was really, that was really hard for me to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never something you'll hear me, hear me saying. I need, to, um, I, need to, I need to take a moment. No, um, I agree with you. I've not taken advantage of it nearly as much as I thought I would. No, it really, it really is. Um, you, you know, one of the reasons that, that Lance's comment jumped out at me so much is because I hadn't really put my finger on it uh, up, up until I saw this. And, and I think he's hit the nail on the head. I, I have, as far as TV watching goes, Brent, I have all but stopped watching uh, television episodically. I mean, there are there are one or two shows that I that I watch sort of on a week by week basis, but almost I would say ninety five percent of my um, watching of television occurs at like for example uh, American Horror Story is a classic ex- example right now of like not watching the show until the entire season is out so I can watch it at once yeah. and that's how I watch everything and, and whether that at once is over the course of a week or the course of five weeks. That's how I tend to watch things, and I wait for full seasons to come out. And, and I have to say that I have not, of, of, all the, um, of all of the games that we have played that have been somewhat episodic in nature, um, I, I have played almost, I've played none of them episodically. Even the, the original Walking Dead, I didn't play, I, I can't remember exactly how I did it, but I think I played the first one, and then I played like, I waited till waited the last the four. End. Yeah, I think yep. is, is how I did Same it. And then I played like I played episodes two and three, and then I took a little time off, and then played episodes four and five. I think um, from Wolf Among Us or season two of Walking Dead. No, no, season one. I'm talking about uh, just season one of Walking Dead. Season two of Walking okay. Dead and Wolf Among Us. I have yet to play past the first episode of either of those two games. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on episode two in both in both cases. Yeah, and. and uh, and for, I, no, have I mean, s- for no good reason at all. Like, I mean, you know, there's no good reason to it at all that I've done it that way. But uh, it's not even like a conscious thing. Like, it's not even like I'm saying, eh, I'd rather wait until they, until they, you know, they all come out and I'd rather play them together. Like, it, it's not that. It's just, it's just for whatever reason, like when I sit down to like, you know, play a game or something like that. And I look at like, do I, am I in the mood for Walking Dead? Uh, I don't know if I am or not. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't know if it's just like those games specifically. Like, would it be the same if it was something like, like if it was Grand Theft Auto? Like, if Grand Theft Auto was coming out as episodic content, would I be excited enough that I'd play it? I don't know because honestly, like those those two Telltale games are really like the only games that I've played that that have, have kind of done it episodically. I know Alan Wake did something in this in this vein, didn't didn't they? No, Alan, well, yes and no. They set it up with the structure of television episodes, but the whole game was, was released. Uh, one, it was one game, but it was in like, okay, I, I can't remember I how mean, many, I guess, seven I guess episodes. I was thinking of is that you were, right, I guess I was thinking that you were always saying, oh, Alan Wake could do this so easily do because it. it fits within their, yeah, okay, I got you. Right, so and, anyway, and maybe, you know, Brent, is, you know, well, hold on, let me interrupt you for a second, because Alan Wake, it's, it's good that you remind me of Alan Wake, because there was something different with Alan Wake, and, and I don't think this would solve the problem, but it would be an interesting experiment. 
And that is... Um, Alan Wake really set it up as TV episodes. Like at the at an hour into the game, you finish the first episode, and it's it, it comes to an end. And then the second episode, it says previously on Alan Wake. Right? Um, it, w- it would be interesting to see what would happen if they released those weekly. You know, currently games like Telltale's uh, series they release them. I, I, I don't know exactly, but every few months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that might be too long. And, and there, there's a game coming up called Life is Strange, which I'm super interested in from Don't Not Entertainment. Um, that is also episodic, and it kind of bums me out. But uh, maybe if they released it weekly. Now, of course, at that point, the game would have to be entirely produced from beginning to end because you can't make games weekly. Um, and, and so then we beg the question, why not just put them out um, all at once? Yeah. And, why do it piecemeal? Like, you know, why, why do it episodically unless, unless you have to? And I think, you know, the answer is that because... The reason you would do that is because it it adds something to the experience. Somehow, the experience of playing that game benefits from playing a little bit each week and having some time between to contemplate or react or whatever. And thus far, I have not, I have not had that. And, and you know, in point of fact, I think that that is the thing. I think that that is the thing that that keeps me from playing the walking dead and the wolf among us on the regular is that, and I, I'm just, I'm literally just putting this together in my head as I'm saying it, but I think that it's because I don't want to get all excited about the game, you know, play an episode, get all excited about it and then not be able to, to do anything else with it for three months. I, I think that, I think that there's some dissatisfaction I feel about, about the, the experience that way. You know, this this actually could also be extrapolated, Brent, to DLC. I mean, how how frequently have you played um, have you played DLC that like that you really and we've talked about this a little bit before, but that you really it's really rare. loved? It's, it is rare, and I very, think you know I was looking today at uh, I, I enjoy DLC. Yeah, it's it's um, what was uh, um, infamous um, the expansion? I can't remember what it's called right now, but um, which oh, is actually right, the one standalone. For Second Son. Yeah, the one for Second Son is now is going to be the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation game. You know, next. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of the free, free PS Plus games. PlayStation Plus. Um, yeah, I, and, and I, I didn't play that, and I, you know, I find that if I, if usually it's rare that I want to go back. I mean, Batman is, is one. The Harley Quinn first light, first light yeah. Har- the Harley Quinn yeah. expansion or, or DLC I enjoyed, but just because it was more Batman, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, or Arkham City. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't played either of the expansions to Bioshock Infinite because, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I haven't. I just they haven't been compelling enough for me to spend the money on. Um, right. Red Dead, re- actually, Red Dead, <laughs> the Red Dead uh, DLC I, I, was fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, as, as was Blood Dragon, of course. Um, uh, yeah, again, that you know, standalone. You know, is it DLC? But yeah, I get, I get what Comple- you're completely you different know, tone. Same with Undead Nightmare. But, <laughs> There, I mean, you know, we're we're talking apples and oranges a little bit in the sense that, you know, you've DLC, you've had the opportunity to play the entire game, you know, uh, you know when DLC comes out, even if it's day one DLC or whatever, you know, it releases alongside a full game as opposed to you know talking about breaking up a game, or or maybe maybe breaking up is is maybe that that doesn't have the right connotation, but you know as opposed to playing a game that is segmented by design uh so that you know you get the story in in increments which 
you know, is is fine. I it's it's strange, you know, going back to like TV shows, it's strange the way that that I do that, but like uh okay, like like Agents of Shield and and Gotham. I've been following those week to week, watching, you know, like like I've watched several episodes live on television, which is the first time I've done that in a decade probably. I I hardly ever watch things live. It, it's almost always off the DVR. Um but you know, like those two shows I've watched week to week as they've come out, in some cases watch them, you know, live when they air. And those are almost the only two shows that I that I do that with. Almost everything else is either DVR and watch it later when it's convenient, or wait for it to come to DVD and then watch the whole season, or Netflix, or, you know, or whatever. There's almost, you know, no other examples of that. So, it, like, but I can't, like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, I can't say, like, why, why I'm watching those two shows week to week. And not anything else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I like I, I do it with Top Chef, and I can tell you the reason I do it is because my wife wants to do it. And it's a show we enjoy watching together. Um, yeah. Beyond that, I I almost never do it either. And it's interesting. I, it's interesting. I'm willing to say, Brent, that um, that now that the the experiment has been tried, uh, to me, it's it's it, it, I was wrong, and it's not something that's compelling in a game. And I inevitably I play the first episode and then go, I don't want to do this again. I'm going to wait till it's all done. Uh, or I don't have that conscious of a thought at all, and it just happens that yeah. way, like you said. You know, I'm not I'm not willing to go there yet because I and, and the reason is because I feel like the two the two specific examples that you, that we've been talking about, Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, are both very similar games from the same developer, and I feel as though I feel optimistic enough that somebody could find a way to do this to do this well and it may just not be a particularly good fit for those specific games at least as far as you and I are concerned you know maybe other people really enjoy playing those games episodically you and I don't get into it but that's not to say that there's not a type of game uh that you and I wouldn't enjoy playing episodically so i i, I don't think i'm willing to write it off just yet but um i think that uh i, I think that it, it, with Specific to those two titles, uh, I, I have to say that I also have, I have kind of lost my my interest in playing those games episodically, where I once thought I'd be very excited about it. All right, well, let's hear from our listeners and find out. I'm curious to know if people out there have actually, uh, when playing these games or any other episodic games that we're not thinking of, uh, if you've actually played them episodically or if you wait until they're done, and what you guys think about about the nature of of you know sort of binge watching and how it's changing how we consume. Uh, media in general and and if you're interested in episodic gaming or not you know do you do you agree with me that it's not something you want examples if if there's games that we were not talking about here that are that are doing episodic stuff right let us know we'd love to hear about that absolutely uh you know as as i was saying if you, you know do you agree with me that it's kind of something you're not interested in or do you agree with brent uh, and the idea that you're not quite willing to write it off yet. Um, h- however, my guess is that th- that we can all agree on one thing, which is Brent is wrong. <laughs> Was it Tuesday again already? <laughs> All right, guys, uh, it's time to hit the road. We have been through the garage. We've been through the clubhouse. Now it's time, though, for uh, for rubber to meet asphalt, and we're going to talk about the games we're actually playing, starting with uh, Lauren Baumgarten and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. 
Yeah. Surprised to see that one on the list, Brent? I, I am a little. I, I have to admit. I, I have to admit I am. But uh, tell me what's going on with it. So I picked up two games over the break we're going to talk about uh, a little bit this week, probably a little bit more next week. Uh, Call of Duty is the first one, uh, which I picked up because my uh, 12-year-old nephew plays it, and I, I'm looking for something to play with him. He, uh, you know, he, he's, been, he's been playing it. He says he's going to play it for a while. Uh, I, I went and read a bunch of reviews, and everybody's saying it's the best campaign since the, the original Modern Warfare, and so eventually I convinced myself to buy it for, you know, I sold some, some stuff I had here in Brazil that I wasn't playing and, and picked it up. It was on sale for 40 bucks minus the, uh, the 23 bucks I got in discount and picked it up for a, a cheap price, right? So yeah. um, part of what convinced me to buy it, it sounds silly, is I also picked up uh, the Sony Gold headphones this over the break, uh, Brent. And, the wireless uh, ones? The wireless headphones that are normally, they're, they retail at 99 bucks. I, I picked them up off of eBay for about 80 but, um, yeah. And uh, I, I, my, my nephew had them, and I was at his house listening. I played the first few minutes of the campaign, Call of Duty, and it sounded so incredible on these headphones. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot believe that it's I waited this long. It's worth having this game for these goddamn headphones, guys. I'm telling I, you. I cannot believe I waited this long to buy those headphones, Brent. They're 7.1 surround sound, <laughs> and they sound so good, dude. Um, well, totally. You know, I, I tell you, I, I, don't, I actually am, I don't find that too difficult to believe because, like, playing Shadow of Mordor in, like, stereo headphones made me start kind of wanting, like, a 7.1 setup. I was like, er, it's not, oh, dude. not as good as listening to it through the speakers. Dude, the the um, the the Sony headphones are. Uh, I feel like I said I found them on eBay for about eighty bucks, and th- they had gone on sale like twice leading up to Christmas for like I think they were fifty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine, and they're totally totally worth it. The one thing I'm disappointed in is that they make an app where uh, each game can create its own preset for the speakers, its own mix and everything. Uh, and I was like, this is perfect. Of course. The game designers, like, I, I bought Call of Duty, blah, blah, blah. Like, almost none of the games do that. Hmm. There's literally, like, I, I don't know, three, I uh, not three games or something. I, I, I thought it would be. It's unfortunate. But, so, uh, okay. thumbs up on the headphones. Call of Duty, uh, I'm not going to talk about much this week. I've played zero multiplayer. I've played about the first hour of the campaign. I'm sure it's not uh, much more than six hours or seven hours. But it feels uh, very much like the original Call. I mean, it feels very much like a Call of Duty, but for, but it feels l- much closer to the original Call of Duty: Modern Warfare than any of the other games uh, I've played since then. In the context of it's so far, it's compelling. Uh, it's changing itself up. It's got some interesting uh, aspects with the exoskeleton suit and the uh, smart grenades and that sort of thing. It's not like it's nothing groundbreaking or phenomenal. But the last couple of times I played a Call of Duty campaign, I felt like I wanted to spit it out. Like, it, it just tasted so foul. Um, this, <laughs> I will this, spew you from That's right. Uh, this game does not feel like that. So far, I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's fun, it's a fun little game, and for the, what I paid for it, uh, so far I'm pleased. And I haven't even played the multiplayer with my nephew yet. So uh, that's all I have to report on Call of Duty Advanced Warfare right now. Not a ton. As I get more into it, uh, I will talk about it more. But that's all I got for this week. All righty. You, Brent, have a game I've never heard of. I'm assuming it's a mobile game. Is that correct? Yeah, well, just about everything that I played, because I've been, I was gone. I was gone for almost two weeks. So uh, almost everything I played was uh, was a mobile game. And uh, the first one is Zeo Drifter. And uh, if you've heard me talk about uh, Renegade Kid, you know they're one of my favorite developers. Uh, one of my favorite games ever, Mutant Muds, a, a classic 
2D platform shooter that was originally released on the 3DS. It's now available on pretty much every platform that's been created by man or God alike. Uh, I own it uh, on every every device that I can own it on. I own it on. I love that game. And uh, this is a game from the same developer, Zeo Drifter. Uh, you can go, you know, check out trailers for it. It's only on the 3DS right now, but I imagine like Mutant Muds, it's going to be making its way to lots of other platforms later on. And this game is basically a love letter to Metroid. It is the it is the quintessential experience of exploration, of boss fighting, of uh, you know knowing or, or figuring out uh, where you need to go, what bosses you need to fight uh, to get what powers in order to unlock areas that you can't explore because you don't have that gadget or ability to get to that area. So it, you know it's this. It's this game that that is really really wrapped up in exploration and uh, and then uh, advancement. It's got uh, some really really cool features that I would not necessarily describe as as uh, it's not quite light RPG, but there's this really really cool thing where you pick up these uh, these weapon power ups, and you know you can get like health power ups and weapon power ups. Health power ups just give you you know more health dots, uh, so it takes longer for you to die. But uh, the weapon power-ups are kind of interesting. You get weapon power-ups, and you've got four categories that you can put those power-ups into. One would be, like, you know, just making your weapon, you know, do more damage with each shot. Another would be rapid fire. Another would be spread shot. And then, then another would be this kind of corkscrew shot. And so you get these weapon power-ups, and you can slot them into these four categories in any combination you want. And you can have three presets. So... Uh, when I discovered that game mechanic, like it really, it really kind of changed the game for me. It was a really, really great addition. It makes it very fun. And I'd find myself, uh, I'd find myself, you know, switching back and forth between presets, you know, like some of them are kind of good if you're, if you're doing like a vertical, uh, area and you're having to like, you know, shoot up or down a lot. Like maybe I'd do more of a spread shot. Uh, if I'm doing a boss fight, then, you know, I want a preset that's rapid fire, uh, with, uh, with extra damage, you know, just like those kinds of things. It was a really, really simple game mechanic that just gets me more involved with the game and makes it that much more fun to play. The music is fantastic. Uh, it's a, it's a really, really fun romp. It's $10. I spent probably, I'm guessing maybe five, six hours on it or something like that. Uh, subsequent playthroughs would go much quicker because you kind of know, you know, what, what boss you need to go and fight first to get what power up, all that kind of thing. So anyway, that's about all I have to say on it. It's a fantastic game. If you've got a 3DS, if you like the idea of kind of a modern Metroid, get this game. Uh, it is not going to disappoint you. That sounds awesome, man. Um, it's quite good. It sounds like it. What's next for you? Uh, mine is actually a mobile game, and there's not much to say on it because uh, it's pretty straightforward. The game is called Trivia Crack. Uh, it's a game okay. that my niece and nephew turned me <laughs> nice. on to, and it's a free-to-play nice. free to play game with microtransaction, of course. But basically, you can challenge people online to essentially a game of Trivial Pursuit. Uh, and I love that kind of thing. And so uh, I have become oh, yeah. mildly addicted to uh, playing it. It's a way that I can play uh, against you know my nieces and nephews in New York, uh, as, as well as my wife. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's literally basically Trivial Pursuit. Um, you know, with microtransactions, and I just don't pay any of the money. So, uh, totally enjoying it. Trivia Crack, and it is exactly that. It is Trivia Crack. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Trivial Pursuit. As a matter of fact, uh, Tony and I, the we met over a game of Trivial Pursuit at a mutual friend's house, and and a lifelong friendship was born. So, I mean, you know, that just it just goes to show you how 
how good Trivial Pursuit can be. It's an awesome game, man. It's an absolutely awesome game. All right. So uh, this one I've heard of before, although never played it. Uh, Shovel Knight is next up for you. Yep, and it's it's totally worth it. I, I need to give a shout-out to uh, to one of our listeners, uh, a guy named Eric, who had wanted to gift me this game and ended up just giving me like a... I, I, I don't think that there's a way to gift games through the fucking Nintendo eShop, um, which is honestly, you know, like the whole like Nintendo Online thing is the most disappointing part of owning a Nintendo system at this point. But um, he ended up just basically gifting me a uh, you know like a gift card like a $20 gift card or something like that a voucher and just asked me uh to please buy shovel knight with it which i i did and uh and i started playing it uh, over the holiday break and man it's great it's it's a it's very much a retro game uh you know kind of a, an action platformer it's got a lot of humor to it. it it's it's definitely a game that is you know looking to uh, to invoke some nostalgia and some humor from uh games uh games gone by but the game mechanics the the uh the advancement like you know everything that you're actually doing in regards to playing is totally legit and very very fun uh i know it's available i i I know it's available on some other platforms too uh not just the 3ds but uh anyway that's that's the platform i'm playing it on but it's good man it's uh it's a very very solid game and again it's one of those if if you've heard about it if you thought about playing it I would uh, I would recommend uh, getting it. It's it's not been anything but fun for me so far. That's awesome. Um, I, I haven't played it, but I know it's been it's been. I've seen a lot of it over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, it's it's on Steam, and uh, I think it might even be on it might even be on uh, on PSN at this point. I'm not sure, but anyway. Oh, maybe that. I think that might actually be where I saw it. Um, so you, the next one you have on your list, Brent, is Resogun. Did you actually get to play on the Vita? Yes, I did. Well, after I after I figured out the whole, you know, because like I said at the at the top of the show, at first I thought it was the hack that was preventing me from doing this, but right. I I got on Reddit and I discovered a thread where basically the problem is that I own Resogun on the PS4. I bought it on the Vita, and then like I started up and it says unable to validate, you know, full copy of game, and I'm like, well, this must be because PSN's down, and uh, then once PSN wasn't down, it still wasn't working, and Eventually, I went and did some research, and I found this thread on Reddit where it turns out that the problem is that Resogun on the Vita is trying to validate itself with the PS3 copy, not a PS4 copy. It won't, it will not validate with the PS4 copy. So the trick was I had to delete it off the Vita and then go buy it again on PS3 and Vita, uh, and then that time, once I downloaded it to the Vita, it recognized that I had a PS3 copy tied to my account, and and it unlocked the game. So, the <laughs> the long and short of it, though, is that I've been playing Resogun on the Vita basically every moment that I haven't been doing something else uh, since I got it. It's freaking fantastic. As as many people are aware, the game is locked at 30 frames a second, so it does not run as blistering fast as it does on the PS4. It does not have all the particle effects and things that the PS4 does. I, I can't lie to you and say it looks every bit as good on the Vita as it does on the PS4. I went and played it on the PS4 and found out firsthand, but it looks damn good. It plays damn fine, and it's ridiculously fun. For the kind of game that Resogun is and the kind of uh, the kind of gaming you tend to do on a PS Vita, it's a match made in heaven, and, uh, and it, it's free. I mean, you know, like if, if, you, if you've got, uh, you know, Resogun on the PS4, it doesn't cost you a dime. You can go and get this and the PS3 version for free. Please do it. It's worth it. 
Uh, I love it, and I'm going to start playing it right now. So I, yeah, that's, I, that's all I got. I still have not played that game. You still haven't played Resogun? No. Oh, man. That's right. But well, you didn't get it for free because it was, it was only free for a limited time. That's right. Yeah, and by the time I... Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like, as much as you like classic arcade games, because, I mean, that's what, like, Resogun is, like, back to the OG. It really, it really will remind you of, like, classic arcade shooters and things like that. Uh, it, it is very, very much uh, in, that, uh, in that vein. And as much as you love classic arcade games and that era of, uh, of gaming in general, I predict that when you finally play this game, you're going to lose your tamales. Dude, the only classic arcade games I'm interested in are Tempest and Phoenix. That's what I want. I want those games. Oh, yeah. They all say that. They all say that. <laughs> uh, all right. Now it's my turn. So, so a couple more games. A couple more games I got. So Far Cry 4, I've delved a little bit more into. My uh, nephew, again, got, got it for Christmas. And I finally jumped into the co-op in this game. And we took down a couple of oh, fortresses. How was that? Uh, uh, tons of fun, dude. It was tons of fun. However, I didn't realize until we actually started playing that there's only, I, I think, four of these fortresses in the, in the game. And so uh, we took down two of them inside of probably 30 minutes. And so... Um, and, and they were great. I mean, we tried to do it stealthy, and we couldn't quite do it. We set off alarms. We went back and did it again, and it, it was tons of fun, and I'm sure we'll get a couple more hours of good times, and you could do all of the side missions together. But uh, I, I thought there would be more of those fortresses than there, there seemed to be in the game, and so, um, I, you know, that kind of bums me out a little bit, but we had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good game, and I'm really enjoying the co-op in it. So, um, but we've only spent, like I said, 45 minutes or so doing it. So... Uh, and then lastly, Brent, this is another one that I'm sure is a bit surprising to you, uh, is Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, I better sit down for this. Hang on. Uh, sit down because you're so surprised or because... Yeah, I am. Well, it's just like you had not expressed a lot of interest in in this game. Like, I, I really didn't realize it was one that you, you even had your eye on. Uh, you know, again, it was on sale. I wanted to buy games this... This Christmas while I was away from my PS4. Um, so I picked up Dragon Age Inquisition, a game I'm not sure I was interested in. I was sort of kind of interested in it. I, I was in the mood to buy things, and uh, I looked at it, the new headphones. I thought it would sound great. It was on sale for 40 bucks. I bought the damn game, figuring yep. that I could sell it for at least that here in Brazil because games are so expensive. So if I didn't like it, I could just you know unload it and not take really too much of a financial hit. So if any yep. at all. Uh, so, if you're going to listen to what I have to say about Dragon Age Inquisition, I just ask that you listen to all of it because it's important. Uh, although I'm going to make it brief and we're going to talk more about it next week. But basically, Brent... I make no promises. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, at this point uh, in the game, and I've, I've played about seven hours into the game. I am in Ferelden. Uh For those of you that are playing, you know what that means. For those of you that don't, I sound like a complete idiot. Um, <laughs> I, have, uh, I have chosen to... I have chosen to make my character a uh, a dwarf, uh, a female dwarf, to be specific. Um, okay. Uh, I come to find out that in my party, I have there is another dwarf. There is also uh, a human and an elf, uh, and then there's another race that I chose not to make that is not currently in my party, which I think are called the Canari. They're like giants. Um, okay. So briefly, Brent, I will say that it. it, it, it Dragon Age Inquisition seems to just, it checks off at this point, it just checks off all the boxes in an open world RPG in the context of uh, there's, there's uh, animals to hunt. When you hunt them, you take their hides, you use those hides to build armor or weaponry or other 
things. Uh, there's There are plants to be picked, and when you pick those plants, you take them back to the potion maker, or the potion table, or whatever, and you make them into potions. Um, there are uh, there. It's it's very true to, to Bioware. There's a dialogue tree very similar uh, to I think previous Dragon Age games or previous uh, Mass Effect games, or at least it feels like that. Um, you get to choose to the point that you actually get to choose uh, when you decide to make your character a female. There's two voices to choose from. One is British, one is not. Uh, I chose the one that wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't really get a good sense of that voice until I'm in the game, and I, and I think it might be Jennifer Hale. Uh, who voiced Fem Shep? Or if it's not Jennifer Hale, it's it's one of the other main characters of Mass Effect, like main characters, because it is a very recognizable voice to me. Um, and it's kind of pull, it kind of pulls me out of the game a little bit when my own character talks, because it sounds just so much like Mass Effect to me. Um, okay. But it, so it's got you know I mean it's got a skill tree. It's got you know you spec out your skill, you build your skills, and there's you know my character has four different sort of possible. Uh, almost like Borderlands has four different sort of possible paths you can go down, but you don't have to go all in one. You can pick ones from others, but you got to build up to get certain things. And, and it, it's it pretty much checks off all the boxes. The the um, the combat. What's supposed to be outstanding about the combat is two things. Number one is that um, you could switch from real time combat to tactical view at any point. Uh, which, if you recall, uh, they. The, they did in Transistor, and this is a mechanic that I didn't think would be up my alley. They did in Transistor, and I absolutely freaking loved it. And this is part of actually what convinced me to get Dragon Age Inquisitions, because I thought, wow, if I really loved it so much in, in Transistor, I bet it'll be awesome in Inquisition. And? Seven hours in, I have yet to actually uh, switch into tactical <laughs> mode, except when I was trying it out, and, and I didn't like it. Right. Um, Good thing um, it's optional, I guess. The other thing... The other thing that's supposed should make the combat like super interesting is that you could play as any member of your party and you could switch dynamically throughout the game uh, to play as any member of your party. So I could play as the elf mage if I want to. I don't have to just play. You know, I chose to make my. Um, you know, you can be a rogue or you can be a warrior. Or you can be a mage, uh, and I chose to make mine a warrior and uh, a warrior who uses a single-handed weapon and a shield. Uh, but there are warriors who use dual wield weapons there are rogues who use ranged weapons like bows and crossbows and then there are mages that use magic uh your party is made up of different combinations of those and you could switch to each one but i haven't found any of the types of combat more compelling and so i essentially in seven hours never switch to the other members of my party i just keep playing my own character so the two yeah. things that should be outstanding about combat are not to me not really doing much for you no and the combat itself is you know, it's 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 interesting, but it's not nothing to write home about. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm I'm a warrior. I'm a one. I've built up a little bit of um, resistance, and I've got a one-handed weapon and a shield, and so I tend to just run into battle and you know swing my sword at things while my mage freezes people and shoots stuff from afar, and while my you know my other troll who's got a crossbow shoots people from afar, and I, you know I don't know. It's it's it doesn't feel like anything to write home about at this point. Um, yeah. As I would say is true of, of most of the you know aspects of the of the game at this point. However, I will say to you that it, the game as a whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and I, I am totally enjoying it. And and played like almost seven hours. I played seven hours in one day, which I haven't done with a game in I don't know how long since Red Dead. Uh, probably since Red Dead, and so. Uh, 
I don't know, man. And I sat down to play just before this the recording the show. I thought I got twenty minutes. I'll just play, and I just got totally sucked in and could have like kept going and going and going. And there's something about the gameplay that I can't quite put my finger on yet that is totally compelling. The music is beautiful, by the way, uh, and the game sounds fantastic in the headphones. Um, yeah, but there's something about the game, despite the fact that I don't feel like any of the of the you separate aspects of the game. Uh, stand out in any way from most any other game. Uh, the ge- as a whole, it's at least to this point very compelling, and so I'll, I'll be curious to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, where I'm at with it. Say next week when I've had a little more time. Now I'm going out of town next week, and so I'm gonna have to take a week off. I won't have my PlayStation, which makes me sad. But um, I- I'll be interested to see over the course of the next week as I'm playing uh, before I go out of town. Uh, uh, how I feel, but but so far it's it's uh, I, 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 that's the best I can describe it, Brent. Each individual part is not feel compelling, but as a whole, it's completely sucked me in at this point. Well, you know, I have to say that uh, I don't know. I, I guess I mean that's that's cool. I mean, it's great that you're really really into the game. I'm I did not anticipate that this would necessarily be uh, such a big draw for you. Although I will say that uh, you know DK has been really really into Inquisition. I know he's really. He's clocked some hours and he's really enjoyed it. So it seems as though uh, it seems as though the game is is definitely uh, delivering for its fan base. Yeah, I know, Brett, that there were a lot of outlaws out there who were wanting yeah. to hear about Dragon Age Inquisition. And uh, can I it's say that? Can cool I call to say them out? I mean, like, and I'm just going to stop the show for a second. Like, we, we talked about before it all came out. We were like, like, what are people going to call themselves? And we were like discussing various ideas and. We were like, should we come up with something or let them come up with something? And it seemed like the very first day, like somebody said, you know, like, uh, you know, we're all outlaws now or, you know, something like that. And and we were like, oh, yeah, I did like see so a couple cool. people refer to themselves as OGs. Yeah, and it, which is also cool. We, we dig the kind of the OGs thing. Somebody. Yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way for sure, but I do. Anyway, I, I know that there, there were outlaws. There were. Uh, I know there were outlaws out there that were wanting to hear about uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, and, and we had all but said that they probably wouldn't because we didn't think we would play it. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, I did, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, hopefully, I'll have a lot more to say on it next week. Indeed. Uh, and with that, Brent, I, I think we've we've reached the end of our uh, premiere episode Once of again, Outlaw Gamer Radio for the first time. Once again, and for the first time, and as usual, uh, this is the time when we turn it over to you guys, and we want to hear what you have to say on everything we talked about in the show: Dragon Age Inquisition, Far Cry Four, Resogun for the Vita, Shovel Knight, Trivia Crack, Zeo Drifter, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare. Your Sony headphones. I want to know what you think about those. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, the, uh, get the Sony headphones in there. The uh, the topic we discussed in the clubhouse this week, uh, episodic content, and how do you feel about it now that you've had a chance to play it? And, of course, uh, everything we talked about while we were hanging out in the garage, Battlefield Hardline, Into the Stars, the Kickstarter, the DDoS attacks on Sony and Microsoft, PlayStation announcing their subscription for PS Now. We'd like to hear your thoughts on that and anything else gaming-related. You know, we put out our, our Game of the Year episode last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, it is up over on EBA. Give it a listen. Let us know your thoughts on your Games of the Year. Anything about gaming, we want to hear your comments as usual and before we sign off Brent is there any uh, any last things you want to say to, uh, to to the outlaws on the new website or about the new show um, I think the only thing that I would say is to just kind of reiterate how much we appreciate all the love and support from the community um, I don't think any of us were ready for Epic Battle Axe to end none of us wanted to see the community broke up and go its separate ways Lauren and I were pretty determined 
to, uh, to, to make sure the community had a home. And it was really, really gratifying to see how determined you guys were to accomplish the same thing. So thank you so much for all of the, uh, just, just all of the outpouring of, uh, of love. It's, it's meant everything to us. We really appreciate, uh, everybody who has, uh, who's supported us and, and made this possible. It's, uh, it's been super, super cool. So, uh, thank you. Thank you all very, very much for that. And, uh, you know, man, we're going to, we're going to keep rolling until the wheels fall off. So thank you guys. Well said, Brent. And with that, we will call this a show. Uh, we will be here next week for your oral pleasure. Oh. Uh, and please be clear that that is oral That's pleasure. Right. Uh, as usual, he is Brent Adams. I am Lauren Baumgartner. And remember, guys, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. <laughs> <laughs>